0: I I was ready and I didn't have my mic, but it's, it's ready at a moment's notice. I'm always ready to podcast. I'm never longer than two and a half seconds and an arm reach away from podcasting. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so we are going to do the commissions today. Um, yep. Last year, we came up with our own top 10 list, synthesized it into a 13. On the fly, came up with the SFIM index, which is a standard of... How big a surprise the podcast was to us in terms of like, you know, if you ask us to do Goonies podcast, that's going to be a one because Mm -hmm. we know exactly what we're getting into. If you ask us to do Un Profit, (laughs) uh, which we are not even sure how to pronounce, we're like, "Ah," and then we're like, oh my God, this is an amazing
1: movie. It's a five. Uh, And then there are weird movies like American Gangster where we should have heard of them but we and, didn't and by all rights they should be excellent but it just wasn't on our radar right um it, it just came as a surprise there is the fun
0: which is a uh, an index of how fun the podcast was to record and presumably uh uh listen to so that's the nostalgia factor that's the yuck factor like yuck yuck factor uh there's interest which is essentially interesting i don't know why i wrote it as interest but that's uh how interesting we thought the discussion was and uh, that's a scale of like just vanilla all the way to like really highfalutin meditations about space-time travel and AI technology uh, stuff that's personally interesting to us and which we presume would be interesting to the audience as well. And then finally, media quality. That is just, a, that is just how good something is um, from a scale of one, which is – it would be probably human centipede for me, although that's probably like three and a half for Jim – uh, all the way to five, which is the best of everything. And and the other thing is, like, um, we rationalize it like five, it means you're on Mount Rushmore. That's not to say that, you know, Roosevelt is as good a president as Lincoln, but he's on Rushmore, right? So, you know, a movie, once it's at five, it's like it's, it's at a very high quality. Um, like a four is uh, – you know, could could be like the very best, or like a really good genre film, and then three is average, etc. You know how number systems works. So anyway, these are all one to five. We've gone ahead and uh, pre-scored uh, all these commissions that we saw last year, which were I don't know. We had like twenty six, twenty seven. I was shy. I was I put the surprise factor at six of how many podcasts we actually did? Because I felt like we did like three commissioned podcasts last year. Mm-hmm. We actually were very close to how many we did the year before. So. Ah, um.
1: Then, then what we do? I think we just had a lot more commissions come in this year, so it felt like
0: right. And we we, got... we also stop. We also cut them off because we got so far behind. Mm-hmm. Um. But anyway, we we came up with a instead of uh, we decided to go ahead and do this as a as a as a committee, I guess, and and assign all these things and add them up and come up with the top ten again. Um, we're coming to the top ten because we don't want to. Uh, I would hate to, I would hate to be the commissioner that came in last, you know. Right. So essentially, this is, we're talking about the ones that Jim and I uh, uh, enjoyed the most, and since we enjoy the the vast majority of all the podcasts that we commission, like I hope no one's feelings are hurt that you didn't make the top ten because top ten is just uh, completely arbitrary and subjective. Uh, measure of, of how much we liked it now we're also good this is going to be a user category by the time you're listening to these deliberations uh that that vote in fact i need to get on that 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 vote thing will already be out um, so we'll see what you guys have to say but this is ours this is jim and eyes in no particular order we have star trek 2 the wrath of khan which which scored 14 It had an interest of one uh I, I don't think i need to go through all these stats it's on the screen you guys can look at it <laughs> Terminator, Over for the podcast people they don't
1: they don't get any of this uh
0: terminator 2 Willy wonka american gangster master and commander the wicker man there will be blood jackie brown star wars return of the jedi the dark knight oh you're saying i should read this out because i'm saying maybe the final score
1: like the combined okay. score
0: you're right so star trek 2 got a combined score of 14 Mm-hmm. Terminator 2 got 14.5. Willy Wonk and the Chocolate Factory got 13.5, largely on its fun factor. American Gangster boasts a, a swoll 16.5 because it's if you can if you can surprise us with a fucking awesome movie, you, the world is your oyster. Uh, Master and Commander got a 16.5 because I rigged it. Uh, essentially, no. I, I let Jim score that, except for I, I, I heavily weighted the fun factor because of how much fun it was yeah. that to to do a podcast of my favorite movie that one, one. This never happens that I've got a favorite movie that Jim's never seen. And it was a lot of fun for me, so I, I might have put my thumb on the scale a bit there. Or it wouldn't be nearly as much
1: of a surprise for you,
0: no. Right. That's so the other thing. it, it kind of cheats in that regard. Right. right. Like if bit, it's a but... five for him and it's a one for me, then what? Um, The Wicker Man got a 12.5. The Will Be Blood got 16, another hefty 16. Uh, Jackie Brown got 16 as well. Uh, uh, Star Wars Return of the Jedi got 11.5 on the strengths of its uh, being Star Wars and us doing a live recording, which was fun. And The Dark Knight got 13.5. So, as last year, these scores are kind of a guide to get us to our final resolution. But we are now going to to argue the case for these movies. Um
1: Is anything jump out there yeah, as, it, as clear favorites? I mean Sure. I Willy Wonka I remember so fondly because of the discussion of grandpa. Um we, it, it was just such a good time. We and it became like one of those bald move things, right? Grandpa Joe, the ref
0: got distracted by the audience, and we both tag teamed. He was already <laughs> on his knees. We both brought metal chairs into out the of ring. Bed. J- 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 yeah, we put him back to bed. Jim <laughs> flew off the top turnbuckle and gave him the people's elbow. It was it was it was a it was a raucous time. The crowd was counting along. Um, as his head was slammed repeatedly <laughs> into the corner post, uh, and he did not, he he uh, that 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 man man might have had a family, but uh, didn't did, didn't uh, enter into how we treated him. It was a lot of fun. It's still yeah. a really funny podcast to listen to.
1: Mm-hmm. So Willy Wonka is going to go it's, up. There. It's akin to like the Goonies last year, which I think we ranked very highly because of how much fun it was. Sure, um, and kind of like other other things be damned because it wasn't interesting right and i think the same is true yeah. of willy wonka like it's not that interesting i don't think we talked too much though it did get higher than we thought because like we had
0: done research and found about this the the fact that the i don't know the quaker oats company commissioned this to be some kind of like wholesome family entertainment and then gene wilder's mm-hmm. a subversive influence and there's like some legitimately scary shit and mm-hmm. um so start or so we got the Battle of the Sequel Star Trek 2 and Terminator 2 uh Terminator is currently a half point higher on the interest scale because presumably we talked about killer robots and AI and time travel and paradoxes sure which we for whatever reason that's that's catnip for us so mm. we find it super interesting um I'm trying to think. I mean, we had a lot of fun Shatner discussions. We had a lot of, like, you know, there was... That, I remember particularly the thing that made me laugh, because I listened to a lot. I, I listened to a lot of the Commission podcast, uh, in retrospect. Mm-hmm. And the Ricardo Montalban having his pecs described as raw chicken breasts. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of digs at old uh, old man <laughs> Ricardo's pecs and his, <laughs> his chewing of the scenery and... Sure. Um... But you know, I mean, both of these are these movies are are very similar. I think that's right. That Terminator is just slightly above it because of the it's slightly. God damn it! I went to the wrong thing. It's it's slightly more interesting because of the time travel aspect of it. Mm-hmm. If only uh, Kirk had slung shot around the sun and gone back to 1997 to the eugenics wars and killed Khan in his in his test tube crib. <laughs> It could have gotten that extra half point. <laughs> oh, okay. So, American Gangster at 16.5. Yeah, that
1: That's got to go to the top? It's, it's a top contender, certainly. Um, I mean, I'm, a, I'm cool with moving it to the top for now. To the top. Until we okay, debate the it, top, yeah. I was going to say, because like,
0: if we wanted to get in a little finer. Uh, Master and Commander. Again, I feel like I have to recuse myself. To,
1: uh, yeah, I mean, I think that should go toward the top as well. All right. Um, I remember that being both fun and interesting podcast and and you know just the movie being great and it being a big surprise for me uh the wicker man is
0: significantly, that was a fun, it was fun, fun it was very it's 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 pegged five on the fun scale yeah because it's a crazy crazy very watchable Nicolas cage movie and also i love that anytime we get to introduce the audience into the nick cage
1: losing his shit youtube clip mm-hmm. you gotta do it uh, but I don't. I feel think... like that trades more on how ridiculous the movie is yeah. rather than the podcast itself.
0: And 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 I don't. I feel I feel fine with it being below *The Terminator 2*, *Star Trek 2s. Okay. Uh, it's scored accordingly. Uh, there will be this blood. One. This is the most amazing movie
1: I saw last year. This might be the most amazing movie I've ever seen. So, yeah, yeah. It, it was <laughs> It goes pretty high. Now, now we can't let the podcast like the commission category be influenced by how good the movie is necessarily. Not all. That's why we have the four-point right. scale. So, uh, I mean, we're going to probably have to debate the top 5 here or something. Well, let's to, get to, to the top. Up. So, yeah. Jackie
0: Brown also boasting 16. Also very strong, yeah. I think it needs to go to the top um and then we have uh Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. I think that even though it's a full point under The Wicker Man, I feel like it should go above The Wicker Man. Because here's the, I was I'm amazed that week uh, like I I had gotten a couple new thoughts out of Return of the Jedi because it's the first time I've like, you know, rewatched it with like my my half-assed critic hat on. Uh I feel like it should be over Star. I feel certainly over Wicker Man. I don't know about probably over Terminator and Star Trek, honestly. But it's not scored that way. Okay, yeah,
1: because it's not. In- it wasn't interesting. It wasn't a surprise at all. It wasn't. There was, a was surprise. no interesting we'll conversation, com- right? Like- but,
0: but if you look at Star Trek and Terminator, uh, it looks like they kicked Star Wars's ass in the, on the interest scale. Yeah. And also, Return of the Jedi is only four on the quality. Okay, so maybe it goes just under, nestled under Star Trek, and then a Dark Knight. Um, hmm. I feel like the
1: Dark Knight. Kind of surprised it didn't get higher, but it's the surprise factor.
0: Yeah, surprise really. Can't,
1: you can't win without a again. Surprise. This isn't about
0: the movie; it's right. about the resulting podcast. And moreover, it's it's Gemini's distinct opinion about said said podcast. So yeah, I think it should go above. Should it go above Terminator? Should it go above... St- I mean, I don't think you can separate Terminator and Star Trek. They're like... That 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 feels right that they're joined at the hip.
1: I feel like that's... Well, shit. Okay, so the conversation was definitely more interesting than either of those eight or nine. I mean, I think that's not
0: controversial. I just moved it ahead of Star Wars and Wicker Man, but underneath Terminator 2 and Star Trek 2. And the other thing yeah, is like... Yeah,
1: I mean, Star Wars was fun because it was a live audience.
0: Yeah. And six through ten doesn't really matter. So right,
1: I don't know how much we want to. I mean, two through ten doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's not an honor to be nominated. It's bullshit to be nominated. And I think we read the top
0: five though. So like that's like that's that's where you know I guess bragging rights begin and end. Um, okay, and I and I feel like there's a pretty big drop off between Willy Wonka and the, I, I. Actually, feel yeah, really good of, about the top. 5 None of
1: the six through ten are crossing the threshold. Either. Yeah, no so, one.
0: Yeah, like Willy Wonka is just too fucking fun, and the other four were just too fucking interesting
1: and good. So, yeah, Willy Wonka. God damn, I feel like Willy Wonka is a piece of bald move history in a way that so many of these others will not be. All right. Well, um, let's mean let's um will be blood better than Jackie Brown currently
0: at number 1. I think so. Uh yes.
1: Yes, okay. definitely.
0: So let's just let's do top down since we're we're at the cream already. Uh, Master and Commander or Jackie Brown? Um score says Master and Commander, but it's subjective. We don't we don't slavishly follow the final score when we're actually doing this.
1: I think that's right with Master and Commander being above Jackie Brown.
0: Okay, I agree, but then again, that's damn near my favorite <laughs> film. Right, uh,
1: Ameri- And I I would move four and five up to two, and I would call it good. Four and five up to two. Yeah. So replace two with those. Yep. That would be my list. There will be blood. American Gangster.
0: Three Willy Wonka.
1: Because four it, I, Master
0: and Commander five Jackie Brown last year
1: Goonies was at three right? Mm, let's let's check the tape. Well, <laughs> uh, Goonies tape. yeah Goonies did did I, I and thought then we Goonies had two was serious higher. choices at the top that feels right to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I I just think you can't like there will be blood. I don't think the conversation was any less interesting than the conversation we had so with American Gangster. I, I felt like
0: we didn't we didn't really do the deep dive on the the best ones because mm-hmm. so three a surprise so it was a
1: this this movie has been hailed as like one of the greatest movies. of Yeah, all time. And, and
0: and and it came out. I don't I don't know when what year it was released, but I feel like I was a podcaster. I certainly was paying attention to good stuff. I just never got around to see it. It was a movie that I'd stocked away like a really good bottle of scotch for a special occasion commission podcast someone paying me to watch it but so i had and, and it's paul thomas anderson and daniel day lewis mm-hmm. like one of the the uh one of the best directors that we have working with one of the probably the best living actors we have working so i knew it was going to be good it's yeah. actually impressive that it's a three mm-hmm. because it was so goddamn good. I I put it immediately in like the Godfather category. This is a movie I know I'm going to watch a dozen or two times before I die, mm-hmm. and probably get even like like. I mean, this was just my first first draft of of my impressions of the movie. This is something I'm going to continue to appreciate and, and 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 enjoy at a deeper level. So that three
1: <laughs> is an amazing testament to the film. Right uh, to me, it reflects like. I I knew it was going to be amazing. I just didn't know it was going to be this amazing. And 3.5 maybe
0: is a bit of a cheat on the fun, but I've Mm -hmm. long held that intellectual stimulation is its own form of fun. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being able to discover something that's so fresh and new and says so many interesting things about the human condition and uh, the American uniquely American condition, because this is all wrapped. Like, this is such a nexus of Wild West adventurism and frontier rough and tumble and unfettered capitalism and religion yeah. uh and toxic forms of religion and, and all and in one family little dynamics family dynamics and like and, and, and something that's just like a, a nice brisk it's like this it, it felt like it told eight hours of story
1: in like two and a half yeah and s- yeah. to call that movie brisk is hilarious but you're right it felt like it went by right all too fast yeah and also uh in what i feel is like the greatest tribute that i could possibly give to Daniel Day Lewis. I got to become Daniel Day Lewis for about three seconds. Uh, he yes. inhabited my my mind, body, and soul, and I delivered perhaps my finest impression of all time. You, d- you did. Your, your milkshake <laughs> line. I think. I think by really just trying to go that, over the top, ridiculous, but it actually. I ended up accidentally nailing
0: it. When, when you said that, there was there in a French cafe, <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis was sipping on uh, a cappuccino or a or a espresso, and his eyes rolled white back into his head. <laughs> and I think he you he spoke through your vocal cords, and he he's did, like, yeah. "What well, what the what the hell just happened?" Uh, yeah, it was it was amazing. I was I'm glad to be here in the studio for that. Yeah.
1: Uh, so, so for fun factor that contributed for me four point
0: five. I, I think everything we just said about the interest, like we are interested in politics, we're interested in, in religion, we're interested in transformational economics. Uh, like uh, this, this was just a relentlessly interesting thing, little little Rubik's cube that you kept turning over and finding new colors and combinations. Uh, I thought, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what it was like to listen to it, but um, for 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 the fans, but I I thought it was extremely interesting to talk about.
1: And media quality, like I want to give it higher than five. I want to cheat the system. Here, yeah, honestly. like like, like if, if if this was a true a score, six. it
0: would be like <laughs> just you know it 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 it, it 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 I'm I'm just holding down the five key. It it, it, it feels unfair to only yeah. rate this a five. I so. mean this is
1: like you said. I this is if, Godfather quality, right? Like it's the one of the all-time greatest movies ever made five yeah. hardly does it justice when you look at american gangster which is also great but or or like jackie brown at a five right yeah like great film yeah but it's not one that is going to go down in the history of filmmaking
0: yeah all that's funny because all films in our top five other than Willy wonka are a five i don't think yeah. that happened last year pool four magnolia huh. five goonies five once were warriors four, a yeah. prophet five so I guess we had overall better, higher media quality. I guess so. But yeah. you know, whatever. Um, so that's where. And this, so, in contrast, American Gangster, which was a surprise of five. Now, people, because I'd heard of American Gangster and I knew it starred Denzel Washington. I guess I didn't know it ha- was uh, helmed by Ridley Scott. Hmm. Yeah, I mean. And I just also I didn't know like I didn't know about the Russell Crowe cops and robbers angle. I didn't know like how deep that bench went like Idris Elba probably in one of his very first movie roles mm, uh, could be. has a very minor but important role like there's just it's 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 star studded and yeah. uh, I it was and it also wasn't is um, uh, was it Josh Brolin Josh Brolin played like the evil cop the, the 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 other side of Jersey Cop or,
1: I think so. I mean, it, it, yes. it has an impressive yes.
0: cast. It's a period piece, which I'm always a sucker for. Like anytime they can transport me believably back into, like this is a Vietnam era flick. This is, it actually explains how, uh, you know, the Denzel Washington character wrested control of the drug trade from the Italian mob by virtue of his. You know, Golden Triangle yeah. connection and and how he got drugs into the com- uh, into the country smuggling. I mean, it, uh, reports differ, but he was using the transport of bodies of of troops, slain troops from Vietnam, to get to get his cocaine in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like I said, I I knew it was uh, it, it. I I didn't even know what the movie's rep is. I just knew of the movie, and yeah. when it came on, I, I didn't know it was going to be the Black Godfather, right? And, and even then, like I feel like that smacks of tokenism. Like that's like saying that like the Godfather is the I don't know. We can call There Will Be Blood the Godfather of oil. How about that? Yeah, like yeah. I mean, it's just like I mean, it's it's more of um, it's more of a qualitative. But also, it's it yeah. is a lot like because you've got the same kind of like this powerful figure at the it's a center of a family. You've got like you know some of those members of the family not as sharp as some of the others uh-huh. uh hilarity hilari- they still ensues. want to be included and yeah, yeah. got to help them out and their family what are you <laughs> right. going to do you might want to drop them off the end of a boat but uh their family so I, I the
1: surprise was very high even though maybe it that was a sneak attack and it shouldn't have been we should have had her guard up yeah i knew almost nothing about it other than the actors and that doesn't tell me that the story is going to engage me, but yeah. damn, it sure did.
0: Fun? I don't think it was a particularly fun podcast. No. Um it, it, it got a 2.5 on that. Four, it was interesting because we do like to talk about, I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, I like to talk about uh, the drug trade mm-hmm. and impact of the war on drugs on American culture and uh, politics and respect for the rule of law and all that. And I thought the movie did a pretty good job of, of touching on that and i thought the podcast was resulting interesting and then the media quality 5 uh it's a really really great when i say godfathery and like it even into the like the film stock they used and the way things are lit and like the 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 fact you can see the textures of the fabrics and stuff that you know when when uh, denzel comes rocking a chinchilla jacket with matching hat like you can oh, see the individual shit. hairs like it's it's a really great looking film oh, he should have known better he did know better he did he knew yeah. better he got sloppy he, play, he played himself yep uh but it's it's a great film it's a great film it's probably my favorite ridley scott film now hmm. i mean i i don't know what I, uh, uh it, it it's great it is Willy Wonka, I think we talked about it. The surprise, I had only seen it once before, and I remember being so shocked at some of the crazy shit that was going on and how against expectations I I found the film. Um, And I saw it years later as a bald move commission, and I was able to enjoy the colors and some of the music and the performances a lot more. So it's a might, it got a, it got a, like a 1.5 to signify that it, it it surprised me a little bit but you grew up on this film right
1: yeah i mean i've seen this movie on tv many times just as you know rerun kind of stuff but um so it wasn't super surprising to me i knew what yeah. i was in, what was in store for me especially as when it comes to like gene wilder yeah. and his performance uh damn damn it's good but yeah, it wasn't a surprise. It boasts a five
0: on fun because of Grandpa Joe and his Coke nails, and and just you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean Grandpa Joe's well Grifton. I mean, yeah, he is. He, yeah, yeah, Grifton Joe. Uh, and then we've got yeah, you got a golden ticket, you asshole. Uh, interest three, like I said, there was it wasn't an uninteresting podcast, but it's it's mm-hmm. slightly above average on interest, and then the media quality is four. I mean. It's it's one of the very best children's films, family films, and 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 as as that genre, it get as, as one of the best of the genre. But it is a little dated. It is a little sure. dated. Yeah. Um, Master and Commander. I think we we did we talked about that. Um, so you kind of scored this category yourself. You explain why I got a four on Surprise because well, I spoke kind of very highly me. of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, I knew it was one of your favorite films, but honestly, like the subject matter, I didn't think I would find it as interesting as I ended up finding it, um, and, and just how well it was done. Because when I'm when I see these things, I'm used to kind of uh, shaky filmmaking, I guess, uh-huh. uh, and the fact that this movie, I guess, was a, a way bigger budget than anything that had come before it in this genre. They spent hundreds of millions. I mean, right. they they
0: they. They bought a replica of an 18th century frigate. Mm-hmm. They they remade it to look exactly like the historical b- boat that the surprise is based on, and then they fucking transport it to the Pacific. Not the They 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 put it in the Galapagos Islands and sailed it around and 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 real life. Yeah. Like yeah. how much more real
1: can you get than that? Right. So I, I was surprised by that, and I was surprised by, I, I guess the story itself. I I was not expecting. <laughs> I was expecting something more akin to like Pirates of the Caribbean, mm. which would have been a an unfortunate shame. But uh, what I got was much better. So no, the whole story. Revolves, I had heard about it.
0: revolves around the unique relationship between the captain and the the doctor, yeah. the scientist figure,
1: and, and kind of this antagonistic thing between uh, is it Aubrey? Yeah. And this other French captain, right? Yeah, where, yeah, yeah. Where like you kind of get a little cat and mouse game, which was. Thoroughly interesting to me. Yeah, and and real like real naval. That's the thing about Patrick
0: O'Brien, who's the the author of the twenty book series, That I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, he essentially plundered captains' logs uh, from the British Navy at the time and actually used their action reports and 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 fictionalized real battles. So you these ta- tactics huh. and techniques, these these uh, these ruses de guerres, as they call them, the 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 you know the tricks of war. Where they try to fool each other and and get the advantage, and that's the other thing is like it felt very like these guys are on even very even footing. Like Jack sometimes gets his ass handed to him. Uh-huh. Ultimately, he's victorious with an asterisk. Um, <laughs> and the other thing I I thought just as an aside, like one of the gratifying things for me is how many bald move fans uh, on the forums and, and emailed me that had been turned on to the series as a result of the the podcast. Mm, yeah, like the Jesus. Book how much. How much more fulfilling do you want for that? Uh, I was, I mean, if I was going to, I would chalk in a bit of surprise there, too, because I was worried for the same reasons. Like, Jim's not known for his love of historical fiction. Sure. Uh, And I guess I'm not either. It's not like I read lots of historical fiction. This is just really good shit. So, uh, 3.5 on the fun. I think that's where I might have... I think you
1: influenced this a little bit
0: because I just I just I was so giddy (laughs) that you liked the film and I was able to you know turn on a bunch of bald move listeners to this this uh, this this classic movie, great movie and uh, an an even better book series. Um, And yeah, like I said, it's like it's it was a unique pleasure too because I can't think of like 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 name something that's like one of my very favorite things in media that you've never seen or even heard of. Like the Princess Bride was like a long joke, but like even then, because of our friends' circle, everything and, yeah, about it like it, there's no surprise. But yeah. like, I mean, is there anything? Do you have anything tucked away like that for me? Like this is one of my very favorite things, and it's not even on Aaron's radar.
1: I'd have to think about that. I'm. I don't. It's like I, don't I mean, know. when
0: you know someone for twenty plus
1: years, that yeah. opportunity, it's, all that it's shit just, comes out like, right. Right. I've told you about all the things I really love. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, 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 It was was interesting just talking about, like, finding out facts like you just mentioned, uh, how it was, you know, based on the naval logs of the the British Navy at the time. Like, that's super interesting to me. Um, Kind of just the the interest factor of how this film was made, you know? They... they, So they built, like, a scale replica... Or they built an actual, like, full-size replica and also had a ship, is that right? They they know the full so there there's an
0: hms rose which a company in the 80s built a, a scale 28 gun frigate for uh-huh. some other bullshit rich guy so it reason. was scale
1: it wasn't full size
0: no it's it's a full size it's 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 actually oh, a full one-to-one size. scale yeah yeah okay. yeah i'm sorry uh when i say scale replica i just meant like it's a one-to-one scale replica gotcha and then what they did is they bought that and uh, then they okay. dressed it up they put you know they 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 made it to be accurate to the HMS Surprise. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is like um you can still see I think it's in San Diego, the HMS Surprise is docked there huh. and it occasionally goes in and, and sta- sails of this day. So they've left it into the, the the surprises trim. Um Gotcha. But I just I just think what is cool about this is how much detail they get into the life of sailing that's just yes. on the screen. Like the opening scenes of the uh, master uh, the master arms creeping through and waking up the sailors and you see like there's cows on board because you need fresh milk and and when they're if they go off their milk you need fresh fresh meat and it's yeah. just, just like how like this you know you're just on this little wooden world with 200 other people and you're sleeping ass to ass from these hammocks and like what a what a life that must have been yeah and and you're you're bored like a lot of these like there's like five and six year old boys running around and there's eleven year olds that 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 the that, that have to lead the ship every once in a while and that's incredible to me the fact that my son could be a midshipman that would occasionally take command of a boarding party or I mean that's crazy uh, and then it's a great film it's a great so, film so yeah. it's a, it's five on that and then Jackie Brown we gave it a four because
1: because I. Cause I I didn't think I could like a Quentin Tarantino movie nearly as much as Pulp Fiction. Like yeah. I I it's better than Reservoir Dogs in my opinion. Right. And it's a movie that I had never seen and I I had heard like mixed opinions I guess uh-huh. on Jackie Brown. Some people say it's oh it's my favorite Quentin right. Tarantino some people say yeah I don't I wouldn't even bother with it. And so to come into it and go hey this might be the second best Quentin Tarantino movie I've ever seen. Right, that was a big surprise for me, and I'd all yeah, like I don't, I don't know where I got because
0: like you got to understand that most of Twinton's, well, most of Twinton's, most of Quinton's catalog came out where I was a Jehovah's Witness, and it just the right. idea of seeing that was like like as realistic as going to the moon. So, but I, I'd hear, you know, I still kept up with Roger Ebert and stuff, and and I remember the discussion around like that. This is maybe more of a lightweight film, mm-hmm. like it's more of like, well, this is Quentin's love letter to black exploitation films, and and like he never thought like Pam Greer ever got her due, so he cast her, and and Man, I just feel it's so like, much more and I, than I, that. I don't know if that's an accurate representation of the movie's rep, rep, but that's what I can't drug into the movie, and when like you said. Quite possibly, I'd have to think about it more because it's hard for me to separate the movies that Quentin makes that are just excellent, like Mm -hmm. Pulp Fiction, from the movies that are like Inglorious Bastards and Django Unchained. Those are also very good films, but they're also just relentlessly entertaining. Like, do you want to see a former slave uh, just utterly destroyed the worst shittiest slave plantation in in america before the civil war yeah you do and and i'm going to show it to you do you want to see a bunch hmm. of jewish commandos it's almost
1: like those are wish fulfillment in a weird way yeah. for a lot of people yeah, yeah. Do,
0: do you want to see a bunch of young jewish commandos just in the third reich uh uh-huh. uh by 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 shooting hitler's face off yeah you you do if you're a right thinking huh. person you do but but are they as good as like jackie brown and pulp fiction i i don't know but jackie brown is a fucking great possibly film.
1: So, yeah, it is.
0: Then it got a three on fun because I mean, any movie that's got uh Robert De Niro and uh Sam Jackson is going to be a certain baseline fun, but it wasn't like, you know, Grandpa Joe getting getting a lead pipe taken to him. <laughs> right. Uh interest, you know, you got you got
1: drugs and crime and money and, and and Tarantino. Like, I mean, part of the interesting conversation we had was Tarantino as a director, you know? yeah um and it's a conversation we have time and time again every time yeah. we see a new Tarantino film you have to discuss it right. and you have to say what what are the influences that this guy is working with um how do they factor into this film and where does that place it within you know this this really great director's catalog and there's a whole there's this
0: sequence that jumps out at me like there's a pretty there's a pretty twisty plot yeah and immediately after the Sam Jackson character essentially thinks on camera for 90 seconds. He's like... You, and you can see him going back and thinking through and coming up with some right conclusions, some wrong conclusions. And it's just kind of a tour de force. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what you how you write that in script. Like, Samuel L. Jackson thinks for 60 seconds and the camera zooms in on his face. Yeah, It's like... Sh- picking out details like that and enjoying them, I think, are inherently interesting. And in media quality, we just said it might be the second best film... Quentin Tarantino's made in a story career. Sure. You know, Da Doy, it's a it's a five. <laughs> yeah. Uh and that's the top five. I feel good about that top five. I I think they're Willie Wonka's clearly grandpa joeing its way to the number three spot. Which I am totally and I'm, fine I'm, with. That. I'm, I'm I'm fine with that. Uh so yeah. There you go, Commission's podcast. Um Do you want to take a break here, or shall we keep rolling? Keep rolling. I don't
1: even know what the next
0: category is. I don't either. I think we're going to have to, I think, unfortunately, we're going to have to scroll up, unless we want to do, Uh, I mean, documentaries. Documentaries is pretty much a shit show. Whoa, whoa. Get that out of here. Alright, we already did. So, yeah, we've, uh,
1: documentaries. Um, are we ranking these? We just, are we... I don't know. So, I saw one, two, three, three of these that I don't even think came out this year or last year, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know that this is even a category. Well, to me, you saw Vietnam War, and I think that's why you created this category. Oh, I also saw. I also saw. Um,
0: I also saw the Keepers, which was a a grueling documentary about this uh, abuse scandal within the Catholic Church hmm. and murder it like it led to murders and things it, it was a very in the mold of making a murderer very sad very depressing um but kind of uplifting too in the way this community banded together and and, and kept after this and, and and kept seeking uh justice for for the victims and the victims themselves how like un- incredible cruelty inflicted at the hands of these people that they respected admired and and have overcome and and uh you know have had families and 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 lived full lives. Um, and the Vietnam War is a fucking great a documentary. And also, get me Roger Stone. Um, Roger Stone is a Republican operative that has a tattoo of Richard Nixon on his back. That's weird. Uh, presumably, in case he gets sent to prison. I, I I I I don't know. But he's uh he's an interesting character and a study of what's of of, of a lot of the things wrong in a in in American politics. And, uh, and, and a and a de- depressing film that I watched last year. Um, leading up to oh, I've to, seen five of these. Yeah, so I think we right. both like we, we it's split. Per- oh yeah, you've you've seen more than me because I've seen Vietnam War, the, the Keepers, and and Get Me Roger Stone. We've got knots yeah. That sounded very interesting.
1: I kind of yeah, want to see that. that. That's um. So the the guys who do Dwarf fortress? Dwarven Dwarven Forge, Dwarven Forge, yes. Um, the 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 guy i guess who created that company um it's a documentary about how he started it and kind of where it was going up until the point where i think they were like building a studio mm-hmm. that they were going to start doing a lot of um like video stuff out of for their kickstarter which they were trying to do a new campaign for uh the latest round of of models um and if you don't know dwarven for dwarven Forge is, like 3D tiles for, like, war games. Yeah. Um, or, like, Dungeons & Dragons type yeah, yeah, yeah. tabletop stuff. Uh, and, they're, and they're exquisite. Like one they're, of my, they're beautiful, One yeah. of my
0: favorite things in uh, going to any nerd con, like a Gen Con or something, is the Dwarven Forge booth because it's yeah. the stuff just is so elegant and it fits together. It's modular. And they always set up a really awesome, massive display. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and there's, like, cave sets. There's village sets there's all kinds dungeon sets there's all kinds of different things and it's actually fairly affordable too for what it is not bad
1: um but yeah yeah, it's a look inside that company and a look at the the guy who created the company who's a little weird a little eccentric um i think you kind of have to be yeah to get into that line of work that's a that's a subset of a subset of a subset yeah (laughs) uh and, and kind of the struggles that he's had you know building a company that he views as uh not evil i guess um so that was really cool. I Am Your Father is a said, David Prowse documentary. Okay. Um, the guy who was in the suit for Darth Vader, who they never let take off the helmet. Uh, mm-hmm. They recast him for the scene where Darth Vader removes his helmet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's just kind of like a discussion with him about his experience being Darth Vader. And it, it sort of gets did, did, pretty did, did, deep did, on the relationship did, he had with the crew.
0: And, did they ever talk about his kind of troubled relationship of late with yeah, Lucas? Because Lucas kind of... Shut him out in the way that like he never did um, uh, Chewbacca, uh, who is what's Chewbacca's name? Peter Mayhew. Peter P- yeah. Peter Mayhew. And I and I and I, I don't. I, I never. I never was close enough to the fandom at that to understand exactly why. Was he like uh, was Lucas see him as a fame hound, or did he want to get more money than he, Lucas thought he was worth? Or
1: uh, it's it's hard to tell. I I think they they either just didn't like his look for it or something or did a, they didn't did like his voice or no i'm not no, talking about he doesn't have a pot belly. He's i'm talking about builder. when,
0: when the, during the prequels like that wasn't david prowse in the darth vader oh, suit in the like episode three
1: uh i don't think so no uh-huh not i'm not entirely and he wasn't sure like invited was in to a lot
0: of star wars celebrations. no he that...
1: had cut ties like he th- there's a very rocky relationship that he has with the production
0: because i agree I, i've heard that. david prowse's voice uh on the set and some and I, I yeah that's not my Darth Vader. Right. James Earl Jones everyday all day for Darth Vader's voice. But you yeah. got to give like a lot of the physical, physicality the hulking presence of Darth Vader is David yeah. Prowse. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a bodybuilder, he's a yeah. he's a beast and that that physicality is what made
1: a lot of the you know Darth Vader so menacing and thrilling. Yeah, it's kind of the documentary's hung on this framework of we want to give David Prowse his due, basically, mm-hmm. so we're going to recreate the scene where Darth Vader takes his helmet off, except we're going to do it as as accurately as possible, one-for-one one recreation of it with David Prowse mm. 30 years later. Nice. Yeah, so it, it's kind of interesting. And then, like, the trouble they have legally with showing that, they can't uh... actually ever show you that scene in the movie. Seriously? They did a live screening of it because that was all they were allowed to do and yeah why would lucas keep you from doing that i just don't fucking know man but they they just didn't let him do it um but it's it's pretty interesting like if you want behind the scenes stuff on star wars that's a pretty good one uh kill switch kill What's switch is that? some computer technology hacking thing i don't okay. know it wasn't it wasn't interesting enough for me to remember it so all right it. honest liar uh honest liar is a james randy documentary
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah. The amazing all
1: about so James Randi is, is cool. one of the most
0: important fathers of the modern skeptic movement. He's yeah. actually the one well, – I, I, I credit James Randi with getting – in a large part of getting out of the cult because I remember one of the lightning bolts that first went through my my brain as a 13-year-old because I, I love James Randi. I love mm-hmm. the fact that he debunks psychics and you yeah. know he's just – because the rationality is always kind of – even as I was in a fucking fundamentalist cult, always appealed to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading his book, Flim Flam – I still have a copy on my bookshelf, and there's, like, on, like, halfway through the book, he has, like, a a, a three-paragraph aside about the Jehovah's Witnesses offshoot of the Millerites and how many times their prophecies have he, like, documents in a brisk, devastating three-paragraph, and that's the very first time I can remember hearing an outside criticism of my religion, and if I'd known... That was in the book. I never would have read it. But right. But it's like one of those right. things where it's like found the chink in my armor and sh- got me. <laughs> you, you, if you're a reader, it's, it's hard to be a Jehovah's Witness and be well-read uh-huh. because they don't go well together. No, they discourage that. Yeah. They they, they, I, they
1: actually do. Yeah. Uh, but this is about, um, I guess, his life as a skeptic um, and also his life as a gay man because... James Randi's gay? Yeah. Yeah. He's oh, had like a, a years and years long... Um, when did he come out with, of the closet? Because I can't believe I didn't I know that. I I don't know if he like. It's weird. He's obviously out of the closet. Like people know this. It's documented on in a documentary about him. But I don't recall ever hearing like, "Oh, James Randi is gay." So he never that, came. In, he just. Kind I don't of think like, he made like an announcement. I think he just he lived slowly his life.
0: phased but, out of the closet. Like 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 he. Right. Right. You know.
1: Or he never he gave a shit shifted. like or oh, yeah, he wasn't really true. in the closet, but he never made a big deal about it. Right. But he he's lived with a man for like 20 years. And this guy is apparently not a legal immigrant exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. So there was like this battle for deportation around him. And, and like, can we get him a green card? And like all of that is documented in the thing. And it's a very um, I guess I guess it's as honest as you can get while interviewing a man who's going to spin it his way. Uh, but it's a very honest look at right. this liar. You well, know, starts, He started off as a magician. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: see something like ice showing up at his door. It's like, "Where's your green card? Oh, you mean this green card? And like, <laughs> oh, where is and it? He's like, "Oh, here's my boyfriend. Oh, behind he's behind the your... sheet, and oh my god, he's gone. <laughs> he must have gone back to his home country. Right? <laughs> like good and good luck keeping him in chains. <laughs> right. Like he can hanging upside <laughs> down him in himself. a tank <laughs> of water in six chains, and he'll be out. Like
1: fuck you, <laughs> right. fuck you, trying to bring James Randy to justice." Yeah, that's a good point. Uh but it's a really it's a really um I don't know, at times heart-wrenching and at times hilarious documentary because well, he's a very funny man. I've got like 3 3 uh documentaries to see on my list. Uh you've seen Life itself, right? That's the Roger Ebert documentary.
0: I have Leading not. up to his death. That's one I've been kind of saving away for a rainy oh, day, man. which I haven't gotten in like that's a year. That's another really really good one. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm sure that would be uh both sad and uplifting because mm-hmm. that's how the final years of his life were.
1: Yeah, that's exactly the tone. Like I love the fact that Reeve Ebert
0: kept working up until his death and wrote some incredibly poignant things that as a as a former devout Christian who had an everlasting hope in a in a resurrection uh who then found himself cast on the cold shores of atheism with uh you know maybe 70 to 80 years and that's it. His talking about dealing with death and how he views it and that transition and whether he's afraid uh, really, really helped me kind of get to uh, a handle on my own mortality. Yeah. And I'll be forever in his debt for that.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great documentary on that. I don't want to say too much about it. But, uh, yeah, if you're interested in Roger Ebert at all and, and his whole situation with his battle with cancer, I think that's a, a good one. Do we score these? Do we rank these? I don't know, man, because I haven't seen any of the ones you watched. You haven't seen the ones I watched. Right, and they're not insignificant. Like, the
0: Vietnam War is a good 15- right. to 16-hour commitment.
1: <laughs> I don't I don't think I can
0: do that right now. No, but it's, it's – because the pitch for the Vietnam War is – if you can go in there without any kind of ideological – I mean, I, I how can you do that? Um, if you can – so what I, th- what I appreciated is it, it it highlights a lot of problems with his, his you know, like deified uh, uh, democratic institutions, let's say, like the hmm. Kennedys. Everybody mm-hmm. fucking loves the Kennedys if you're a Democrat, right? Th- th- mm-hmm. They fucked up in Vietnam. Sure. Multiple, multiple U.S. – U.S. administrations, Republican and Democrat, fucked up Vietnam War and lied the entire way. They had a strategy that they personally wanted to pursue, and they lied to the American public with facts to to keep the American public supporting that and took advantage of the American public's patriotism and willing to fight and die for their country's best interests in a, in a losing war – and it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. And they do interviews with surviving members of the Vietnam, the Viet Cong, and the the, the 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 civilian and military structures over there. And they do interviews with American soldiers and surviving diplomats and politicians. And it's just a really honest 360 degree look of how we got in that situation. I think it's if you can't take a look back 50 years. And see and learn from failures and Successes then you're never ever going to be Able to separate yourself from the day to day Bullshit sure. and, and And I think it's something that we all as Americans Should do um, So yeah I think that's uh, That's a great that's a great documentary it's the one that I would Recommend people watch above uh, All others and it's yeah it's 15 hours but it's It's a pretty brisk one it's I think it's free To stream on PBS's sites and you Can see there's oh. a broadcast version and then There's the unrated version the unrated Version is the way to go um, because they, it's, it's got they say a fuck a lot. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. Soldiers, they, 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 they talk, they talk rough and ready. And there's also at the, the footage is different.
1: Huh?
0: Um, you know, Probably if you want to see, if you want to get the real horrors of war yeah. and, and, uh, cause there's just, just hours and hours of actual combat footage from the actual battles they're talking about. It's fucking crazy. I've yeah. never seen anything like it. I, I, it, it inspired me. I want to go and see a lot of the Ken Burns documentaries cause I haven't seen a one. Uh, I've seen a little bit of the Civil War. I want to see the Civil War. I want to see his. Uh, you know, he did one on the Americans' parks and monuments. Like I, um, I think he did one on baseball that I probably won't watch, hmm. but I kind of want to because I really respect this process here. So there. Um, what are the like? What if do you want to stump for a? Uh, I feel like maybe the award show. We should like both pick one that we think people would watch. Should should or would enjoy watching. Yeah. Mine's the I, Vietnam War
1: I, I think life itself is probably the best one that I watched man it sounds like the uh, honest, honest Liar, liar is good too uh, right it's it's honestly between those two the other ones are just kind of fun you know frivolous. what I'll
0: give you a, let's let's do a top <laughs> let's do a top three let's do a top three on that okay because I, I think you can probably describe life itself and honest liar and the time I, I think it life takes need to talk about the Vietnam War
1: yeah life itself is is generally more appealing I think mm-hmm. um, honest liar if you're a fan of James Randi at all then yeah that's a great documentary that's a good way to look at it okay
0: uh let us do you want to keep rolling or should we stop here yeah, you seem to really want to stop what no i i'm i'm not meaning stop stop I'm meaning, i mean like stop the film the... and yeah uh
1: move on to the next
0: scene you got you got, you got that you're, you're going to be the one who edits the video together that's all i'm i'm trying to make yeah, life easier for I'll you edit in chunks we're good uh so we got we already did the drama did we not yeah we got the drama into the place that we're we
1: need to take it to this next phase Oh, comedy comedy how, how i hate the comedy's uh, tough i've heard yeah. comedy's tough and ranking comedies is tough um, Especially when I haven't watched most of them this there's, year. There's only one. There's only one one that I
0: really would like for you to sample, which is Lady Dynamite. It won't even be the season that's that's relevant, um, right?
1: But so what the hell? Yeah. I, I'm gonna have no argument for or against this year of Lady Dynamite. Shall we go just top to bottom and just and just just talk about?
0: Uh, sure. And then we could probably throw them. I, I'm gonna let you because like Michael Michael, Bol- like so the Michael Bolton's big sexy Valentine. Is that is that gonna get in the top ten or even the top five?
1: uh i i can't imagine it will okay it's it's a one-off you know like um is it like funny Andy Samberg. yeah it's very funny is it okay yeah all right well i'm gonna throw it in the bottom and, and um i mean it's everything like that you think about michael bolton except michael bolton is telling you those jokes mm. and and they're they're running with those things in a in a way that makes them extra funny
0: yeah um, I'm trying to think. Should we go top, bottom, bottom, top? I don't know. I don't know
1: how to do comedy. I don't know. Um, like I said, I'm going to let you vote on, like, what is the, the top stuff here. Because nothing I watched was was in contention for the top comedies of the year. I don't think.
0: Okay, last week tonight, John Oliver, I think, should go to, towards the top. I mean, John Oliver is it's, always good because yeah. of how important that show is in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, Dear White People... Is interesting case because I feel like you have to. This is like uh, 200 or 300 studies on on racial relations. Like if you come in off the street with like Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, this is just going to piss you off. Okay. If you grasp the nuance of what folks are trying to get at when they say Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. as in you know, uh, then then maybe you can watch this and it's it's it's, it's about a a young young woman. She uh, a, radio a historically host? black college that is hosting a radio show and after oh, no it's not a black college uh it's a black fraternity after in a fairly like like a I so saw a lot of these the other thing about a lot of these black folks is they're upper middle class at least which right. is something else that the show kind of deals about like okay black intellectualism versus cuz you know that's here here's another thing um black people all, don't all think the same things they don't all no, have the same values yeah. and cultures and backgrounds No. it's mm-hmm. amazing but they're as and different as you and me. Never would have guessed. <laughs> but um, the, the the thing that started incident, incident is the the white frat sh, sh, essentially has a a blackface Halloween party, and of she course. gets on the air and she says, you know, she starts this air, the the show with like dear white people, and she likes you know takes takes a bell bat to it, and then that there's a interesting there's a lot of interesting things. There's a there's the there's a there's a very closet young gay black nerd. Um, that is like involved with like a campus leak that caused all this stuff that she's, she is kind of polemic about dating white boys, but she's also dating a white boy on the side. And there's like black Republicans. Uh, Like it's like, it's like I said, if you're ready for a 200 series, uh, you might, you might learn something. But like, if you go in there at the wrong frame of mind, it's just going to fucking backfire. So uh, it's also not particularly funny. no, it, but it, it's hmm. it's very satirical and like it's very sharp in its wit, um, but it's not like, ha ha, at least I didn't think it was. Um, so I don't know what to do with it. Do you think it's going to make top ten? No. For you,
1: or top five, rather, for you? No, I don't. No? Got
0: um it. Silicon Valley, I don't think. He, I, I thought this was an off year for Silicon Valley.
1: Yeah, definitely not the best year of Silicon Valley. Um, honestly, I have a hard time remembering much of silicon valley season four i did a so. podcast
0: with jason shankle where we talked about the fact that this is the year where richard began the the face the heel turn mm-hmm. he becomes kind of like the villain of the show which yeah. is kind of something that has been brewing for a long time like the the disparity between richard's talk and richard's walk has long been a problem for uh pied piper but but the show in general and this year it's like they tried to do that but it i don't
1: i don't know i don't i don't know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Was there the was something year of missing. Internet two, I guess. Yeah, like where Richard kind of, g- g- I guess, severs ties with Pied Piper and goes off and does his own thing again. Which the Internet two stuff worked better than I thought it would. I thought
0: that yeah. was going to be the first time we're like, well, that's just a stupid eyed
1: technology. No, but his
0: pairing with Gavin made a lot of
1: like yeah. twisted sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, now, Tour de Pharmacy. Tour de Pharmacy is great. So this is another Andy Samberg along the lines of Seven Days in Hell. Yep, it's essentially the exact same team running this stuff back, and, yeah. about, and this time it's
0: a bike race, so. and it's it's obviously the Tour de France, uh-huh. and it's famous. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's famous. Uh, it's famously corrupt and right. drugged out of its mind, doping all over the place. Uh-huh. And this is a, a look at, like, the, like, like I think, did every major winner get
1: disqualified? I think so, yeah. Uh, and a- Everybody who finished the race ended up yeah. getting disqualified or something, yeah. and the guy who didn't finish the race or finished, like, way back in the pack ended yeah. up winning it. Yeah, and there's, there's a lot of, like, the thing, the hallmark of
0: this show, like, Seven Days in Hell, is hilarious male nudity. Yeah. There's this the scene of this guy who gets flung around by John Cena, I think, <laughs> fully naked. It's just it's just funny. It's funny, man. It sure is. Dicks and balls are funny. It's like yeah. it's like it's like the genitalia equivalent of wearing like one of those nose and glasses and mustache things anyway. Uh-huh. And it's yeah, that's like I, I still giggle when I think about that scene. So it's pretty funny. I think it should go. I think it should go. I'm going to throw it up a top and we'll see what we do with it. Mr. Science Theater Three Thousand, the return, yeah, has some terrible, uneven riffs, but it also has like a top ten Pantheon Italian uh, Hercules uh, episode, Hmm. and, but I don't, I don't know. It's it's more like I I guess I think overall it's average. I'm gonna throw it like right in like at number six. We'll see what happens. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt.
1: I didn't see this season of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing I remember I is... season one. There's a really funny l- rift of... Um, oh, who's the, the the gay man that's a frustrated Broadway performer. Titus. Record. Titus yeah. does a shot-for-shot remake of Beyoncé's Lemonade videos oh, as God. he goes through a breakup with his lover uh-huh. that is some of the funniest fucking shit that I've ever seen. And I actually really... I, I thought in the first season that that character was fairly one-note, mm. but they continue to give him very interesting stuff to do, like shot for shot remakes of the Beyonce Lemonade videos. Mm. Um but it's one of those things that suffers from it's great and I have a good time watching it, but I'm never excited to watch it. It's like Brooklyn huh. nine nine. Like Cecily likes it and I just it's it's not it's not fucked up enough <laughs> to register with me. Huh.
1: Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I get it. It is a very sunny show. Yeah.
0: It's always and sunny, it, and, and that's the thing. Like I commitment. don't, I don't grudge it. I don't, and, I, and every time I watch it, it's a, it's, I'm having a good time. I just, it's not yeah. something I seek out. Hmm. Um, okay, okay. Rick and Morty season two, it needs to go up. It season three, up. season three needs yeah. to go up. Um, right. I'd like to argue about that a little bit. It was very good. Yeah. Uh, BoJack Horseman season four. I didn't see this. Was
1: wait? You skipped Always Sunny.
0: Always Sunny. Oh, Always Sunny to go way up because I think this was the best season they've had, and probably four four years wow okay um it is it, it is it is really good um american vandal needs okay bojack horseman and american vandal need to go way to the top yeah american I'll, vandal i'll argue about them later uh where does uh so where does glow
1: fit in here glow i i would say is not as funny as a lot of these shows on the list um is it better than last week tonight it's just a good show uh I it's not as term. funny as last week tonight, and it's not as important as last week tonight, right, <laughs> so no. So it's stuck there. Um,
0: man, Mystery Science Theater already got busted so can down we, to 12. Can we
1: just right now take series of unfortunate events, put it at the, the goddamn bottom of this list? I yeah, that was, did mis- not like that, that, that was a misguided
0: effort all around. How did, yeah. how did that happen? I deleted something, and the numbering didn't change. Maybe Dynamite?
1: I, ex- I think you're on that.
0: Yeah, but I think I accidentally... I accidentally cut and pay i don't know it'll all shake out lady dynamite i'm gonna take it to the top because that was i think my favorite comedy this year Mm -hmm. season two
1: santa clarita diet do you want to tell the listeners about that i have i have fun with that show um and there are moments where i think it's Pretty hilarious. It, but it's, a zombie, it's a zombie show where Drew Barrymore is turning into a zombie slowly and Tim, she's, Timothy Oliphant is her long suffering husband. She's desiring more and more human flesh and Timothy Oliphant has to find a way to deliver it. Um without getting the family caught. And they live next door to a cop and uh-huh. it's well, they lived next door to a cop. It's and the, it's it's the it's, Americans of zombie shows. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, my
0: here's my review. Way too much Drew Barrymore, yes. not nearly enough Timothy Oliphant yes. Timothy Oliphant, I don't normally get to see him be, fu- I mean, he, Raylan Givens is a funny character in Justified uh-huh. but not like a comedic character he's droll,
1: right. but also badass, and this is much more broad Like yeah. the, the comedy in this is pretty broad I, I yeah. don't recommend it for everyone I have fun with it, in a very similar way to like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt it's not making me laugh out loud but there's something I like about it Okay.
0: Uh let's see. Girls. Girl. Hold on a second. All right, Now's girls. It. This was its finale season. Mm-hmm. And I thought it worked well for a finale season. Um, it had some great moments with Elijah. It had some pretty good moments with the... Uh, I, I felt like it did it, it, it did what it needed to do to say goodbye. I thought the final episode... And also, it did the thing where a lot of shows do there. Like, the last three episodes is kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure finale. Okay. Do you want one where the girls have, like, one last kind of, like, thing? Do you want, like, a more realistic thing of what would happen with uh, Hannah if she got pregnant? And, like, you can kind of, like... Choose in your mind which is the definitive finale. That
1: feels like a train
0: wreck. There is a really funny moment where Marnie's Allison Williams boyfriend, uh, who plays Microchip on The Punisher, The Punisher's uh, sidekick, uh, is like like goes through drug withdrawal while Marnie and Hannah are on some up, upstate New York retreat in a cabin and they film him trying to get back inside to his drug stash like it's a zombie film and it was it was it was pretty good but hmm. i don't know like this this show this show's a fucking tr- my sessie and i watch it like we would watch re- like like fucking the jersey shore right
1: and yeah yeah so i feel like whatever girls had to say they said in the first couple of seasons yeah and it's kind of just been more of that yeah <laughs> since then yeah, um,
0: love is interesting because love stars. Oh, uh, Gillian Jacobs or see Gillian? It's Gillian Jacobs, the the Britta from Community.
1: Okay, yeah,
0: and she is a woman who is trying to in a, a deliberate way get her shit together regarding sobriety and mm-hmm. her romance and her work life straight. And this kind of nebbish guy that she sort of falls in love with, but the, at the climax of last season, she's like, "Look, if I wa- I, I really like you, but if we're going to work together, I need time to get my shit straight." And season two opens with him essentially not letting her do that. Yeah. And then it's it's really, I mean, I think it's great. I think I think dudes dudes and women need to see this show to see like an outside view of how you can fuck up good shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, it's very very funny and it's very very like real uh, and I, I enjoy the hell of it I can't I can't wait till season 3 comes back which shouldn't be too much longer so I feel like it should go pretty close to the top now god damn I feel like I'm just wait I, I think just, you moved just the wrong one did. girls instead of love uh, girls just got erased from, oh my god copy and paste gone muck. <sighs> okay so I actually think we have a pretty good top 10 here. I'm trying okay. I think. I'm trying to think. Mr. Science Theater is the line Glow is below that. We would established Girls is below that and Breaking blah, blah, blah. I I'm I'm not interested in ranking 10 through 17. That looks pretty good. Um do you think Mr. Science Theater is better than well you don't know. I haven't know. seen any of it, yeah. I don't think it's better than Last Week Tonight. Uh do I think Last Week Tonight is better than Bojack Horseman? no do I think American Vandal is better than Bojack Horseman hmm this is so fucking tough (laughs)
1: right because they're all different kinds of shows you know
0: I know and like Tour de Pharmacy is a one shot versus a 10 episode season of Rick and Morty of 30 minute episodes
1: um man okay Yeah, I'm glad I have nothing to do with this. Okay.
0: I think Bojack... I want to put Bojack way at the top. I want to put Rick and Morty way at the top. Maybe... Okay, let's... So you and I have both seen all of Rick and Morty. Yeah. Where does season three stack up to you for Rick and Morty? And... I thought it was pretty good.
1: Uh, I... I'm tr- I'm struggling to remember. I I think I felt better about the season at the end of season 2 than I did at the end of season 3. I kind of think you're right. Um, but not much. It's not like a huge difference. And
0: I would like to be recognized on the podcast as an expert on about uh, on Rick and Morty and Dan Harmon in general because I uh, oh god, I
1: would hope so at this point.
0: My wife and I in the lead up to season 3 she bought me the DVDs or the Blu-rays for my birthday and we watched all the commentaries. We we watched Every episode of Rick and Morty, like probably five to six times. Uh, you know, I, I listened to all of Harmontown, like all 266 episodes of Harmontown. I watched the documentary. I watch all of Community. Uh, I fucking watch Monster House because Dan Harmon got a, got a writing credit with Rob Schraub on there. Hmm. Um, but I, I do think that season two is peak Rick and Morty. Season three is not bad, it's got a lot of good stuff it does I mean,
1: you know like you is- really
0: like the 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 morty episode where like you find out that rick's been wiping mm-hmm. traumatic memories of morty and, and rick defines traumatic as and some he th- finds the stash he finds the stash and starts binging on memories that are not just traumatic which are there's some fucked up shit in there but also just anytime that rick is seen as wrong
1: right uh <laughs> <laughs> That was a funny episode. I mean, there's, there's, I thought. I mean, it had Pickle Rick in it, which was a lot of people's favorites. Pickle Rick was a lot of
0: fun. Um, I, and, and actually was the one I think that started to deflate the Rick. Like, if you, uh, if you admire uh, Rick and yeah. you think Rick is like some sort of god, um, it's the first one to kind of like in a clear, sober eyed look, uh, show an outsider's perspective on Rick and mm-hmm. his dysfunction with his family. Um, I really like the did they or d- didn't they re- uh, on the question of replacing um Beth with a uh, replicant uh-huh uh I really like the final battle that he has between the american the the united states the 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 the, the president of the United states yeah uh the stalemate uh, that they eventually come to yeah yeah, yeah then they're, they're big their big battle uh over him just like morty getting a selfie with him uh um i yeah it's it, there's really good shit but not i i, I can't think if there's anything as good as like um you know him going inside and kicking stephen colbert's ass in a miniature like in a, in a miniature universe he's created to power his ship and there's not as many alter like crazy interdimensional shit and
1: Although although the, the Battle of the Ricks the, stuff pays the, off pretty well, yeah, this season. the
0: citadel, the look inside yeah. the citadel, um, where you see the evil like evil Morty's like taking it over, and the simple Rick candy line, and there yeah, is some pretty no, good stuff that, there. That was
1: a really good at those cookies, yeah.
0: Um, but saying so you, so, you like the the um, the the Morty. The Morty memory episode which mm-hmm. was the uh, which what they said was the replacement for the interdimensional cable yeah. I miss interdimensional cable because there wasn't anything that just unfettered insane right where they don't have to do anything it's just it's just Justin Roiland
1: acting like a complete insane person and animators mm-hmm. desperately trying to animate what he's saying in the booth I guess I felt like this tied more into the story um, and, and that's I, not necessarily fair because I know they do some interesting things with the characters in the interdimensional cable episodes yeah um but yeah something about like that that kind of discovery of a new wrinkle in their relationship between rick and morty really did it for me in that episode also i really didn't like beth getting back together with
0: jerry but since it's an open question whether that's actually beth (laughs) Uh i can't like that's the thing like there's a lot of things i want to criticize but it might be i just don't have enough information it's more clever than i'm giving it um, but I do feel like it, uh, we're on the same board that it's not the best Rick and Morty. It's real close, though. Um, I, I did like this season a lot. I think Always Sunny is better than Tour on balance because there's more of it, and it's a higher degree of excellence, and it's also returned to form. And also they're shaking things up. Glenn Howerton's, <laughs> at least for one season, I think, leaving the show. And yeah. they say goodbye to uh, to the Golden God. Uh, they say say goodbye to Dennis uh, at the end, and that's kind of interesting um yeah i think this is a pretty good top five lady dynamite bojack horseman rick and morty bojack by the way is just a really great look at hollywood they give bojack a daughter character uh a man who has no business being a daughter and delve in a lot of history with his mother and how she got to be as fucked up as she that's what's great about it is a lot of these shows when you have a difficult mother and, uh, and, uh, and And you're dealing with the main character who's the, their offspring want to force that offspring into reconciling with the parent mm-hmm. and as a as an offspring that has a, as a rocky relationship with his mother, um I hate that because sometimes it's like, well, no, the best thing you can do is to cut them out of your life. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that they gave additional insight into his mother, but they never ask you to feel sorry for her because of it. I mean, or you can pity her, but it doesn't excuse her behavior. Sure, like yeah. I see how she came by this, honestly, but I also know it's 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 possible to do better than she's doing. Mm-hmm. And anytime you can deal with like such difficult subjects like that mm-hmm. and also be fucking hilarious, um, it's 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 a great show. It's it's a show where the main character is a is a hominid horse, and that's they they they, they, they continue to mine humor out of fact that these are anthropologists anthropomorphic animals but it's not a planet full of them they're still regular humans and there's a woman living with the dog man and a cat living with the mouse man and uh, it, it's it's a crazy ass show and it defies
1: description but everyone should try it i think um i feel like we're missing the boat on american vandal because oh you're right i enjoyed right. american vandal more uh, than oversight. tour de pharmacy
0: yeah it's an oversight um let me ask you this do you think it's better because i don't think rick and morty is better than bojack or lady dynamite lady dynamite is the funniest thing i saw like i pissed myself laughing and it continues to say a lot of interesting things about mental illness and it also delved into her midwestern upbringing which as a of also a midwestern upbringing of a person
1: like i identified with yeah do you think it's better than rick and morty no i don't think it's as complex and interesting as Rick and Morty. But I would put it there. Alright. But I, I haven't I, seen Always Sunny, so. I agree. I agree. Because,
0: like, Always Sunny was good, but it's it's good in the way Always Sunny is. American right. Band is good, good. in a very fresh and interesting way. Should some of this
1: suffers from not being fresh. Like, last week tonight, we gave when that came out, when that mm-hmm. debuted, we gave it number one slot, I think, in right. comedies because of how fresh and unique the format was.
0: Well, the other thing is I'm becoming aware, like, so... Malcolm Gladwell in Revisionist History podcast did something this season where he looked at parodies on uh, like comedy and its impact on politics, mm-hmm. and there's study after study that shows that none of this shit does anything. Like huh. like okay. it, not only does it just reinforce the thoughts that you might already have. Like say that you hate Donald Trump and you love Saturday Night Live, and it reinforces your uh, your your attitude that he is a uh, is has no business being the president of the United States. It also has the same effect on people that like Donald Trump because making someone a comedic character necessarily makes them more likable. And they showed how like it, like audience reaction to Sarah Palin mm-hmm. liberals loved uh, Tina Faye's uh, Sarah Palin on Saturday Night Live and conservatives loved. Tina Fey's performance of her, and also they, wow. they then they do they have like Sarah Palin on with Tina Fey doing each other, and it's like this big love fest. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And they they right. open they contrast this with this '80s phenomenon, this 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 character in the UK during the Margaret Thatcher, like Ronald Reagan era. Um, I forget his his name was Loads of Money, and it was a it was a stereotype of this um, kind of Novu nouveau rich. You know like capitalist Dirtbag that actually Normalized po- those politics In the UK and he made a strong argument That none of this this is actually like It's no substitute for ed- actually educating People and getting them to think about politics and civics mm. It kind of like has taken my Enjoyment of a lot of this stuff down a peg hmm. Because yeah, yeah I'm learning Stuff and and I feel like this is doing the Right thing but who gives a shit You know uh, So yeah, yeah. That's, that's why I feel like the Last week has kind of fallen off for me have we talked about... I don't think we've actually talked about American Vandal. Oh, we did in the Not subcategories. Not in this category, yeah. yeah. Um, but in, in case you never drill down to the subcategories, American Vandal is a look at true crime podcast and miniseries. Yeah. I'm thinking The Jinx. I'm thinking Making a I'm thinking Serial.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it sees it as... Uh, it, it casts uh, this earnest journalist at a high school in the Sarah Caning role Mm -hmm. as he investigates the scandal of who spray painted 23 dicks on the teacher's car one afternoon after school and, and the, and the school clown gets, gets railroaded and expelled. And this guy tries to figure out and get, you know, like I said, it, it's funny. I think if you haven't seen it, but if you've seen all the stuff it's based on, it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel I feel pretty good about that top five. It's it's too bad Tour de Pharmacy didn't make the cut, but hell, you can watch it in what an hour. Yeah. On HBO, if you if you, if you want it, and judge for yourself. <sighs> okay, uh, we will. I think we should take a break here. I need to I need to reload. I need to unload and reload some drinks and uh, byproducts that my body has created, and have a break here, and then we'll we'll get back to deliberations in a bit.
1: Okay.